Welcome back to the second episode of the RPO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Bonazzo, and once again, I'm joined alongside... Andrew Boniface. The Mush, Derek Bennett. Cole Care. Well, boys, welcome back. It's uh, good to be back in here recording, and yeah. uh, it was quite the eventful uh, weekend. It week. was fun until this kid introduced himself as the Mush. I yeah, mean, I am the Mush. I don't know what I, I mean. It was an awful weekend. I went. Well, let's. I mean, let's just start with that. I went one in five. I was awful. I don't. I, I'm a Mush. Embarrassing. He just faded Steve the whole time, and uh, it didn't work well, out. Or did? Or did Steve fade? Did Steve fade Derek? No, nah, I didn't I, fade. I mean, I went six and zero. Oh, I was I fine. Know, I. I picked my picks. Just another know. day at the shop. I, the I shop for Mr. Steve over there. That's I, it. You know? I don't even know what happened. I'm, it, it was sad. Now, usually I'm not one to uh, give myself a round of applause or a pat on the back, but a, just a quick little maybe round of applause or pat on the back for me and Steve for both picking out Alabama. I think that was good All right, job. Cole, good job don't toot your own horn. This man went 6-0 and oh over here. What did you go, 4-2? Thank you. you go? Thank you, Derek. 1-5. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, listen, Derek, there's always room for improvement. Hey, for we, you. Got, we got a lot of bowl games to pick, fellas. Uh, hey, that's what I'm saying. These <laughs> hey. records, we got 30 You're games. You're probably going to pick Navy, aren't you? What? Fuck no. I'm <laughs> Derek, an Army guy. We got 30 games plus the pick in the next coming weeks. Don't worry. The records are going to change. And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, listen, I'm not trying to bash you right here, but you started 1-5. to five. It's only one way to go, and that's up. I for mean, me, exactly. we're, we're putting a lot of stock into one week, man. So you could go stock. 0-6 That's next what I'm week, saying. So. I, Early I could, days. Technically, exactly. you could still go down. Hey, hey, whoa. Hey, 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 hey. You know, I went 6-0, no, but then I could go 6 and like, 30-something after all these bowl games and, exactly. you know, the Army-Navy game. So, that, listen, it's, it's early, but uh, but let's get into uh, – there's a few things I want to get into today, more uh, coaching carousel moves. The college football playoff is set, and the bowl games are set. And last but not least, probably one of the biggest games of college football all year, the Army-Navy game. So we got to talk about all this. Let's first get into uh, what we're thinking. What do you want? Miami is finally free, fellas. We are going to see, once again, one of the best historic college football programs in the nation be back on top. And why do you say that? I say this because Manny Diaz is gone, you know. Mario Cristobal's coming in. We have finally spent the money on a new head coach. We? Uh, Miami. Miami. What are you, the athletic director there? Come on. Yeah. $8 million. $8 million a year for Mario Cristobal. A man that was born in Miami, played high school football in Miami, played college at the University of Miami, a.k.a. the U. Let me tell you. When he was there, you want to know who his head coach was? Oh, that's weird. It was none other than one of the greatest football coaches of all time. You know, he's on Fox NFL Sunday. Anyone have a guess? I have a guess. Oh, go for it. Is it Jimmy? Oh, it's Jimmy. (laughs) Oh, it's Jimmy. The Miami King himself. Let me just talk you through this. He is going to have one of the best recruiting classes in college football in the next five years. It's hands down. Manny Diaz, yes, he was the what? He was the, everything behind like the defensive chain, whatever, from three years ago when you know Mark Reich was still the coach. But this is going to be a new era. Diaz is on oh, the turnover chain. The turnover chain. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had the turnover ring. Yeah. And then they had the turnover brass knuckles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of turnover a lot. swag. They, 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 it's a big thing to do nowadays. But I'm telling you, all Mark, that swag to go 500. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Manny was never the guy. He lost both of his bowl games with us. He he went twenty one. Why do you keep saying us? Oh like, gosh, sorry. Like, I'm, I'm a Miami fan. What can I are tell you? Are you a Miami fan? You seen yeah. your Notre Dame Miami? <laughs> Derek, you, since always. Like, Derek, oh, you need to so pick a team. So now you guys hire Mario. Or 
Sorry, not you guys. Now Miami <laughs> hires Mario I have been a you're Miami, a Miami fan? I've been a Miami fan my entire life. And last week you were saying us with LSU and, and Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Oh, you said right, I'm a Notre right, Dame right. fan. What, guys, we're going to get you? into this, but I'm telling you, I root for four college teams. <laughs> that, I, that, that should not happen. That should well, not be. Why not? They're, none of them illegal. are in the same conference. So, but how can you, uh, like, uh, Notre Dame uh, and uh, Miami uh, were uh, some of the biggest rivals back in the day. Have you ever now, seen the I Catholics versus the convicts, <laughs> and you're going to come out here saying, oh, yeah, you know, we this, we that, we everybody. Okay, come okay. on, really? I really, love, really, really I love doing the Red Sox, but damn, those Yankees, they have a special place in my heart. What are you talking about, Derek? <laughs> come on, man. You got you to gotta do better than that. But I, I do think this is a good hire. I'm just interested. The University of Miami is finally spending something on their football team, which I think is interesting. They're in a favorable conference. I think the ACC is a conference they can definitely recruit well and do well in, especially in the Coastal where you have Pittsburgh, which has not traditionally been fantastic. Virginia Tech, they've been good in the past. Virginia is a high academic school, which we've kind of alluded to last week where there's a lot more challenges. UNC is a kind of big state school. They really haven't had to put everything together necessarily. Last year they were very good, but that's because they had two really high-level NFL running backs that went on to – you know, Michael Carter got hurt, but... In receivers. Yeah, that too. Uh, Georgia Tech has been Georgia Tech for the past 15 years. No disrespect <laughs> to them, but they haven't... No, you can disrespect them. It's okay. And then you, Duke is another high a- academic school. So if you look at the conference and the kind of the d- specific division they're in, I think they can have a lot of success. Obviously, it's in Miami, similar to like the USC situation. If they get it right, this is one of the biggest brands in college football. Everybody loves Miami, especially when they're really good. Because look look at the one year they were good. I think it was 2018 when the turnover chain was at its peak. That team was really talented. Until uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the Badgers took them down. Yeah. But, just saying, just saying, sorry. But, I mean, wow. yeah, I think, but I think th- there's really potential there. really coming after me today. <laughs> I, think, I think their issue is they're going to have to obviously get over the hump with Clemson. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with Clemson just because – the only time Clemson's been really good under Dab was when they've had a pretty much the number one overall pick on their team, other than Deshaun Watson, who was top ten, but he should have gone way higher up, and that disrespect was really loud back then. But I think I think it's going to be very interesting to see. Obviously, Cole's got something he's itching to say here. I mean, well, I don't yeah, know. I just want to say, I think Miami has a good chance to run the ACC, and I I definitely want to say on Mario Cristobal, but just to just to mention the reason why I think Miami might have a good chance to maybe run the ACC, get some competition back in there, is because Clemson is going to free fall now that Thomas Brent Venables is heading at the helm of my Oklahoma Sooners. Sooners. They're coming back. Everyone thought we were down in the dumps. Everyone said Lincoln Riley, you know, he he's left. He's going to USC. No recruits. Big te- or Moving to the SEC, you guys are going to be dead. And we just get one of the best defensive minds in college football and that's why Miami will have a pretty good chance to run in the ACC if they get some good recruits because Clemson free fall. Oh boy, here goes the episode. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not like they lost their head coach. They still have one of the best head coaches in all of college football. But we don't know. We don't know. Has, has, I mean, has he shown success without Brent Venables? Dabo? Yeah. It doesn't matter. He will. He will. Just because he hasn't shown it in the past yet. Doesn't he wasn't the big time Dabo Sweeney that he was? Here's the here's the thing with Clemson. I, I think Clemson, obviously, they won the national championship. They'll be back twice, on top soon. And they made the college football playoffs. But uh, to be honest, when you don't have Trevor Lawrence leading the pack, when you don't have some of those defensive guys like an Isaiah Simmons, um, or back like Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence back in the day, 
you saw this Clemson team this year. The defense didn't look anything you know special. Co- do you know who coached those guys? Thomas, and Brent Venable. I'm saying they don't look good this year without all those star guys. <laughs> and he coached them <laughs> this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, like, what was uh, that defense ranked this year? It's not impressive at all. It's not his fault that they couldn't get any talent on that defense. Oh. What are you what, saying what? here? Talent. Not, there was no there was no talent on that defense. No, no, hold Can, on, hold on. Coaching isn't all about talent, though. Coaching is about putting a, together right, yeah, yeah. a great game plan. I, I just want th- – the good thing this is on the record because we're going to ke- keep coming back to this episode when Oklahoma is the number one seed in the college football playoffs <laughs> next year. And That's they have weird. one of the best defenses in the Big 12. I know – If they couldn't – if they, Who's, who's going to And then when they the go to the SEC, Brent Venables is just going to start – Racking and re- you guys are actually scared now that Oklahoma is probably going to be running the college. No, 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 no. I've never, I've never been the scared next of Oklahoma. Years, They're going to be in the same recruiting pool of every other SEC school. What's what's going to differentiate Oklahoma from Alabama? Thomas Brent from Al- LSU, dude. I'm just saying it's going to be the a chan- whole lot harder. That job is not as attractive as it once was, just because they're not in the big twelve. QBU is gone. QBU hmm. is Lincoln QBU Riley. QBU is not gone. Yes, it is. Yes, it's it is. Lincoln Riley. It's QBU not is now USC yes. out in exactly. California. All right, yeah. well, let's, All let's right. not jump to saying that USC is going to be QB1. This guy, Lincoln Riley still has to prove himself at U- USC. Uh, here, 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 it's here. a complete – there's levels to jobs. USC has been a dumpster fire, and that does it doesn't mean that they're still going to automatically Alabama, be QBU. the greatest thing. Okay, hold on. Hold <laughs> on. All right, oh, hold, my hold. God. Mac How Jones, Bryce Young, right they got another recruit. <laughs> All right, hold on. Let's, 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 let's just get this on the books like Cole said. Let's go around the room. Who Who's going to be the most successful coach at the new at their new team between, you know, Lincoln Riley, Brian Kelly, Mario, and Christable. fucking Cole's favorite person ever now. <laughs> so, I mean, Cole, sorry. I don't have to say anything. You uh, yeah, I, we already know his answer. Thomas Brent Venables. <laughs> Maybe we should just end this now while we have this because this is just enough with this Brett Venables. No, I, Steve, who's going to be the most me? successful coach? I think Lincoln Riley. I think he's got the perfect situation in USC in the Pac-12. Everything he needs, he's got. So I don't. I, I think that's just a like I said last Man week. A ma- it's a match made in heaven. It's a match made in heaven. As much as I don't like the guy, I think Brian Kelly will be probably the most successful, especially over the next couple years. Every coach that has coached at. LSU, that was just like a lot of coach, coach, coach. But I think every coach that's coached at LSU, <laughs> I did it again, nice. They've gone I, I know and won, they've won a national championship. The last and three coaches at LSU has won a yeah. national championship. I just don't think Brian Kelly no, is the best fit. And I think that's why he's going to be the most successful. It's, the, it's one of the easier places to recruit at just because of the talent pool that comes out of Louisiana. And they're in the perfect position geographically in the south where they can just recruit and can kind of continue to – what the kind of the roster they already have and can add on that. And I think Bri- what Brian Kelly has done well is he's stabilized programs, especially up front in the trenches. Yes, if you watch Notre Dame's offensive line this year, it got better, but it wasn't great. And I think just with the better recruits, I think he will have success in the short term. I'm not necessarily <coughs> saying in the long term because I think you're going to have to give USC some time. You're going to have to give Miami some time because those programs, yes, they're still very talented, but they still – there's a lot of issues that still need to be ironed out. So I think in the short term, I think Brian Kelly will have the most success. I agree with Andrew. It's Brian Kelly. You're in the SEC. Like like we said, last three coaches at LSU have won a national championship. It just makes the most sense. I don't know if you guys saw the video, but he already has a Southern He's accent. already one of them. I was about to yeah, say that. Yeah, I know. He's already one of them. It, he he it landed in LSU and, and within 10 hours already had a Southern accent. I mean, I've never seen someone uh, – 
adapt to their environment as quickly as he has. That's amazing. Not artificial at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, it's also it's like an Irish boy from Massachusetts, and he already has a southern accent. Okay, Brian, you might be trying. Family. Family. Yeah, that, I think that's going to be more impressive than uh, his record at LSU. Yeah. So we can have this well, on the I record. I think the key is, yes, he's recruiting against other teams in the SEC, but there's no other team in Louisiana. It's just them. But it's, it doesn't matter who they play in. Like, I, like, I know you're saying they're the only like big school, like not Louisiana Tech or yeah. University of Louisiana Monroe or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but they still play in the SEC. I, I, but uh, but if a kid from Louisiana has a choice between LSU and let's say Texas A and M, I'm sorry, they're gonna go to LSU. I don't I don't know, dude. The Texas A and M Jimbo's been on a God, recruiting like trail. Dude, he's he's no. got the number two class dude, right now in the care. country. No, because parents are gonna want kids to play in the home state, and parents he, have a big side of that. Well, it depends on the coach and how they feel, and like, I mean. Yeah. LSU's uh, been losing a lot of recruits lately, so that's all I'm saying. But uh, uh, we talked about all those other coaches, but we didn't talk about two coaches. Well, I, really one coach and then another vacant spot. Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame. I think this was a hell of a hire for them to keep their D coordinator, keep it you know in their program. That team loves Marcus Freeman. I think that was an A-plus hire for them. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I think if you saw the reaction of the players on, I think it was like a Twitter video, it was all over social media, when the strength and conditioning coach at Notre Dame essentially introduced Marcus Freeman to the program as the head coach of the University of Notre Dame. And I think that reaction kind of speaks volumes to what they, how much they respect him, as not only as a coach, but as a human being. And I think there's there's a lot of guys that are motivated in that room, especially for how close they were to making the college football playoff this year when I didn't think that was the greatest Notre Dame team that we've seen, especially especially up front. They weren't as kind of like polarizing as a top five team in the country should be. But I think I think it's a good hire. That defense drastically improved under him, although he's only been there for a year. I, there was a lot of buzz, especially early in the season, about kind of his arrival. And I believe he'll be able to con- kind of continue to – stabilize that my only concern about this hire is that I'm not really a big fan of kind of hiring someone in-house because I feel like that's not your program that's not like you're kind of just it's kind of just like oh we're gonna do what Brian Kelly does but with like a twist and I don't like yes it's obviously successful but there's been trends in the past where that hasn't not necessarily worked so I am a little bit concerned about that but he's all he's a hell of a recruiter he's a great defensive mind so I think he'll do well and he'll, he'll kick on in order to yeah, it was a, it was a cute hire, you know. A cute. It, it was cute, Derek. I know, you, uh, as a Notre Dame and a Miami and a Wisconsin and an Alabama. And well, he's Alabama. not Wisconsin. Whatever, whatever you're, whatever That's Andrew and I over whatever here. Whatever fandom you have, you might want to cover your ears here. But we're still talking about Notre Dame, right? I mean, yes, okay, they're number five team in the country this year. That's awesome. You know what? What happened when they were the number four country? They're never gonna compete for anything i'm sorry to tell all the notre dame fans out there with oklahoma you're talking about yourself don't you worry about oklahoma you worry about your i don't know what what team are you gonna worry about oh my gosh that's a good one cole that's a good one i'll give it to you okay but it's like you're talking about notre dame getting blown out in the college football playoffs when has oklahoma ever get blown when has cincinnati when has oklahoma no they lost to alabama no, I'm saying this year. This year, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but well, we're talking about technically, college football Technically, college, Cincinnati saying, is in the college football playoffs, so they're a good team. Yeah, this year, what's so. going to happen to them when they uh, play out? We'll, we'll get to we'll that. Get to that. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that. But what's going to happen then? We, I think we all have some pretty. Uh, dot, dot, dot. We'll get yeah. to it later. <laughs> but 
Okay, yeah. I mean, Notre Dame, they're always going to be one of those. They're, they're always going to be an enticing program, a big program. They're always going to be relevant. I get that. But we're still talking about a team that doesn't have a conference. And I don't care if Jesus Christ is their coach. I, I just can't, I, I can't trust Notre Dame ever. Never can trust them. They always disappoint. Whenever I'm rooting for them, I rooted for them against Alabama, and all they did was get blown out. 79. I don't even remember what the score was because I stopped watching at halftime. 63 to 28. That was the last time Oklahoma was in the college football playoff. Against the greatest college football team of all time. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think um, who who did LSU play in that um, championship game? Clemson. Clemson. Well, uh, did Clemson lose by almost 40 points? They lost 42-25. All right, thank you, Steve. You're welcome. That's still not that close. That just proves the, the twenty point of deficit the, of that team. They okay. had they had Joe Burrow and Justin. Justin Jefferson is the top three wide receiver in the NFL currently in the world. Top three. What? Top one, sorry. You're right. What? <laughs> you're out of your mind. This guy is out of control. I'm saying he's probably a top seven receiver in the league, well, top five, pretty, but saying pretty, top man, three. Like I can name three wide receivers right now. Yo, that are better if you him. say Devontae Adams, you can leave this studio. Devontae Adams is a top three receiver in that. He's, he's yeah. the best receiver Cooper in Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams. Debo Samuel's a glorified running back. DeAndre Hopkins. Let's get off NFL talk because. Stephon Diggs. I mean, we can go on and on here, but that's okay. You guys this obviously aren't watching Minnesota Vikings day. football. I do watch them, and he goes off well, every sorry, other game. I don't, it's well, all I don't every game. Watch it's Kirk every Kirk other game. game. It's him or Adam Thielen yes, that go off. Yes, I do agree. They got absolutely mollywopped by that LSU team. But an LSU team that had Jamar Chase, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Joe Burrow, and Justin Jefferson all in the same offense. I mean, can we really be that upset about that? Too bad they didn't have Brett Venables to open them with their defense then. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. They probably would because they they're gonna he's gonna get better recruits at SEC. He's gonna get great defense and he's a defensive minded Nick coach. Nick Saban, Brett Venables. Defensive minded coach. When's the last time Oklahoma has had a defensive minded head coach? Never, because their defense always sucks. <laughs> exactly. It's gonna be a complete transformation, and that offense is gonna stay lethal because it's QBU. Oh God. Not Caleb Williams anymore. Is Still slinging the football. In, yeah, but uh, wait Cole. till he transfers away. Oh, he's Riley. not going anywhere. Cole, right now, next Oklahoma anywhere. says QBU, and then with a circle and the line right through the middle, colored in red. And they're done. They're done. They're not. Uh, to be honest, I would say Alabama's going to become more no, of a QBU no, than can Oklahoma. Can I ask you something though? You know, we talk about oh, the SEC so cool, so many cool recruits. You you want to know some teams in the SEC? Vanderbilt. Okay, do like, they have the pedigree of Oklahoma, though? Come on, you get, you're comparing Vanderbilt to Oklahoma. Oh, I'm just saying, just because the move to SEC doesn't mean they're going to start getting But the they've been getting elite the recruits. They've made it to the college football. He's a Lincoln Riley. Now that they're in the SEC, he's a Lincoln Riley. Yeah. Lincoln Riley. I'm, I listen, I, I, he can go on forever, so I'm going to start off, stop arguing with yeah. him because he's just going to keep going and going. Okay, well, I'll, let's, let's start a new argument. Oregon, vacant job. Crystal Ball leaves. Talked about him. Now they got a vacant spot, the Ducks. Chip Kelly. It's always been Chip Kelly. It always will be Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly will leave UCLA for Oregon. He will go relive his glory days. So. Quack, quack. Wow. Quack, quack. I think that's an interesting take. I think it, it's very possible. I just think that the construction of that team is completely different, and I think that's a credit to Mario Cristobal, who's kind of – he kind of, like, reinvented Oregon in, like, a very different way. Obviously, they still have speed because you have to be able to put in the Pac-12, and you know, like that's still a Power Five conference, and you have to have great athletes running around the field. But I think it's interesting, like how like that that kind of will develop. 
again, it's the Pac-12. I think they've been the most consistent team out of the last 10 years, and I don't think you can really argue that, just based upon the fact that they're 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 flirting with the college football playoff. They're in the Rose Bowl. Imagine losing to Utah twice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that was obviously on You picked Oregon. Internet, but, I mean, I, I think I think there's there's – there's a chance that like Oregon can b- go back to kind of the heights of it, the program if they go back with Chip Kelly because they already have the foundation of a strong front. Front so because Marcus that sense. Yes, yeah, so I think I think it's possible. Again, like I think what, what we said the last time. I think Lincoln Riley will elevate the conference, and I think Oregon will. Obviously, he'll change the program to having a little bit more speed, and I think if he can capitalize on kind of like the foundations of Mario Cristobal. Which is ironic because we're talking about Chip Kelly, who's the one that kind of put the program on the map in the first place. I think if he can still get those recruits up front, I think he'll be able to compete very, very easily, and I think it'll be a smooth transition. Obviously, that there that's only kind of the rumor mill and everything, but yeah, I I don't see anything wrong with it. I really don't know if there's like a lot of better options out there right now. I mean, I think with how many high-level profile jobs have kind of gone and went, I think. I think Oregon's still an attractive place for maybe, you know, the Iowa State head coach if he wants to leave, or like a Luke Fickle, which I don't know if Luke Fickle will leave because, you know, he's on a high right now. Maybe maybe he realizes, hey, I can cash out. I don't know. I, you, you don't know what's going through the mind of these guys, but I think there's still opportunity. I think still think there's quality coaches out there that will be like, hey, maybe I do want to take this job and kind of continue the domino effect that's been going on. You know, I like your Matt, Cam- uh, Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I think, I think that would be a pretty uh... – Unique fit for them, but also, I like this uh, BYU's coach Kalani Sitaki. I don't know how you pronounce that. Maybe somewhere like that. I apologize, but I think he. I mean, granted, he seems very content right now at BYU, which is his alma mater. He's done so well there. But BYU, same kind of thing. They're independent. They always seem to have really good teams, but they never make it anywhere. He can really um, take it the next level with Oregon. Oregon's, you know, Pac-12, he'll finally be in a conference. He'll finally probably have a chance at the college football playoff. And he would still be recruiting in the same area, you know, the West Coast. Um, and I just, I think, I think that would be a good fit for the Ducks. I mean, he's done phenomenal with BYU. BYU always puts out good competitive teams. They've sent players to the NFL. So, like, if you're exactly. Oregon, it's like, you know, I mean, but the dude went what number Taysom two? Hill. Yeah. Taysom Hill, uh, Jamal Williams. Wow, I'm pretty two sure. Great right? players, Zach Wilson <laughs> yeah. and Taysom Hill. That's hey, two starting two yeah. starting quarterbacks listen, in the NFL right yeah. now. Listen, Cole. It might be QBU. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, QBU. <laughs> BYU is QBU. But uh, no, I I don't know if you're Oregon. Like you gotta, you know, I I think Matt Campbell's a good you know guy you can think about. I I just really I really think BYU's coach is the perfect fit, but Urban Meyer. Oh geez! All right, let's turn resurrect from the dead. No, I'm just kidding. I I would like to say, and I know it's not possible because he just re-signed an extension. But I thought if Lane Kiffin would would have been available, that would have been a very interesting fit. I think in Oregon now. Uh, I I think he's more of an SEC guy. Okay, I mean I think he could possibly, especially with a, a school like Oregon with that pedigree, he could really make some noise in the in the Pac-12. But I mean he can't now and. I, I do agree that he probably is more of an, an SEC coach. He's been there for a while now. But I think it would have been very interesting if he maybe didn't sign that extension and uh, kept his offers open. And now that Oregon's a, a place that he could have potentially gone, I th- think that would have been a very interesting fit. But we can only dream. 
It's, it's going to be very interesting to see uh, Oregon where they go with. I mean, if you think about it, Oregon, who's been a, a pretty or pretty like very successful school, like especially football over the past how many years, the amount of head coaches that they've now been through, it's been very uh, interesting to think about that. A school like that probably shouldn't be getting this many head coaches during a certain time span, but they keep seeming to. And I mean, granted, Cristobal, if they would, they probably would have kept him there for as long as possible, but he decided to leave. Um, so it seems like they always get screwed by guys leaving. Chip Kelly, now Cristobal, um, obviously Willie Taggart didn't work out for them. But So the, the Ducks, they're looking, you know, to get them, you know, pop a duck to lead them. <laughs> and I don't oh, know. Oh, wow, that was so bad. That was Come so on, bad. Steve. Well, at least say it with some conviction. Yeah, you you were you were laughing. We can edit that one out. Right? I can't help it. Yeah, I don't I know think, if I want to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we keep it. That man went six and zero. He can take a little heat from people. All right, well, Papa Duck. <laughs> they have no, to find a new Papa stop, Duck. No, stop, just stop. stop it, just stop. Just stop. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I think that's uh, that's all for the head coaches for now for this week. Let's talk about the the college football playoff. It's set. Alabama one, Michigan two, Georgia three, and the Bearcats. Cincinnati, number four. Congratulations, committee. Congratulations. You finally did it. It took you, what, 14 weeks? But you finally did it. You got the rankings right. Congratulations. Alabama, one. Michigan, two. Georgia, three. Cincinnati, four. Could not agree more. Alabama, yes, I was tough on them last week. I've been tough on them all year. I'm going to be brutally honest about that. But they shut me up. They shut you guys up, everyone except Steve. And me. I don't know what. If you go back and listen to our first podcast, I literally shit on Alabama and then the entire them. episode and then picked them. So even I will say they shut me up. They shut the haters up. And they proved why they are the best in the country by routing Georgia 41-21. People or 41-24. People are a little upset that Michigan maybe after that very impressive win over Iowa doesn't hop into that one seed. But I think it is valid that they don't want – a rematch between Alabama and Georgia in the first round. And then also Alabama dominates. And I don't know if you guys watched that game, but the score really isn't in like it, it tells a completely different story. Alabama dominated that game from the second half on. So they routed, dominated the former number one team. And Bryce Young, we'll talk about the Heisman race later, but it's his award. You might as well just ship it to his house if you want to. Uh, and with John Mechie, who is hurt, hopefully he's going to be back in time. No, uh, he won't. He torn his heel. He's, oh, he's done. done. He's wow. done, done. Wow, that's that's unfortunate because Mechie and Jameson Williams were starting to look like the best wide receiver duo in the country, and that includes – Starting to. That, well, that I guess Ohio Chris, State's Chris guys. Olave, yes, and Garrett Wilson. Yeah, that's But never that offense looked lethal against Georgia. They, Georgia was – I was saying they were one of the best defenses I've ever, I've ever seen, and they were get, they could not find it anything to stop that offense it was unbelievable to watch really because it went to my point that they have not played an offense like alabama's and it showed point it blank show. point right. blank i'm just and listen you know it didn't take my brilliance to like if anyone watched georgia all year they can with their two eyes realize they didn't play any offense that was that explosive in that stretch of field like um alabama did and then for alabama's defense you guys are saying well you know it's not the best not the best but I still don't trust their defense. I still don't trust their secondary. But Will Anderson is looking a like a bona fide Jordan star. Battle is a great player. And, again, 
like the Georgia's offense is not really that terrifying. They have a couple. They have good backs, but if you can stop the backs, they have no passing game. Yeah. Stetson Bennett, not I, like you know. Listen, he competes hard. I give him credit, but he's not the guy. He's a walk-on QB. They have JT Daniels, a five-star, just sitting there. Give the five-star the chance, you know. And they, they they don't. I don't know why they they prefer Stetson Bennett, and it just shows, you know. Yes, he can get by really with help of a elite defense, but then when it comes time for him to really take over, he can't. And it, it showed, and that's why they lost, and that's probably why. In my opinion, they will lose this week. Okay. Or not this week, whenever the game starts. Yeah. Not to take anything away from Alabama. Oh, they played a great game. They Why don't you just say you hate Alabama? No, 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 no. No, Bryce aren't you an Alabama fan? <laughs> no. Bryce Young. Oh, you're not. Okay. Bryce Young is the Heisman, without a doubt. Heisman winner. I will give you that. You know, my boy Matt Casals, not even in the top four. Hate Corral. To Matt Corral. Corral. My bad. I don't even know what I'm thinking now. My brain's all over the place. But not it's to take it. hate. Yeah, I know. Um, but not to take anything away from Alabama, but do you think another reason is Alabama had more to play for in the SEC championship game? Back against the wall, Nick Saban is one of the greatest coaches with the back against the wall, but Georgia knew with a loss they would still be in the college football play. No, I mean, I don't they still want to win. Alabama's, yeah. Alabama's yeah. been there and done that. <laughs> Alabama's but been there and I, done but that. It's that little cushion. In the back of your head, that's like, even if we lose this game, we're still in. Alabama has won how many SEC championships? They won how many national college football playoff championships? It's a point to bring up that Georgia had that cushion to lean back on. Let's rephrase what Steve was saying. How many many SEC championships has Georgia won in the past five years, ten years? I I couldn't even tell you. One or two? I mean, it, it could be zero. For all I know, I'll, I'll look it up. That, uh, they had ev- they they wanted to win that game extremely bad. I I don't think there was a cushion in their mind because I if you look at Georgia in terms of like their the the quality of their wins, what's their most quality win off the top of your head? Georgia. Yes. What's I their, guess what's their best one of the year? Clemson week one. No, they beat Arkansas. Georgia Tech forty five nothing. Arkansas. I mean, <laughs> you can't you can't control that, but I think I think it is Arkansas. I think they beat yeah. Ar- they handled Arkansas. They handled which, them, which they had they had a Alabama very had trouble against Arkansas. Ge- the last yeah. time Georgia won the SEC championship was 2017, led by Roquan Smith, um, Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm, um, big start this week. For yeah. Jake Fromm. Uh, oh who God, else was on that know, team? Right? That's uh, <laughs> was uh, Nick Chubb. Right, was he on was that, that one? That, was that the yeah, yeah, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. Yes. Yeah, when they came back and defeated Oklahoma. But that's my point. They've won yeah. one championship. Double overtime. Yeah, Rose they've, <laughs> they've won one SEC championship in 10 years. The last one before that was 2005. And then they still they lost to every- Alabama on the championship. Yes, they still, have, they still have absolutely everything to play for. I think if, which I, that goes to your, the, the point that Derek was alluding to, but they they obviously wanted to kind of beat Alabama twice. I mean, that would be a legendary season, a legendary team. And you know, it didn't work out that way, but it's hard to be a good team twice. We'll we'll probably get into the whole college football playoff prediction probably down the road, maybe not this episode, maybe the next episode after that. Who knows. But I think you know, Georgia obviously that they didn't help themselves. They did not look as good as you know. I think a lot of people expected them to look. But I think that's a credit to Alabama and the kind of the standard they uphold. I mean, they didn't look good against Auburn. Everyone was dogging them, as you kind of said, especially on this show, including me calling them the least talented team in the last five that uh, Alabama's had in the last five years. But I think their togetherness. I think there's still a ton of talent on that team. And guess what? They played really well. And that's uh, so kind of to both of your points. I think. 
Derek Georgia had more to play for because they want to beat Bama. They want to win the SEC championship. Like Bama, you know, they won 2014 the SEC, the 2015, 2016, and then Georgia won 2017, then they won 2018, then 2020, now this year. You know, and plus Alabama was able to play so freely because, again, everyone was counting them out. Everyone was, oh, Georgia's going to win. This is the best, you know, they're clearly the best team, blah, blah, blah. So Alabama just went in there and just played their game. And it clearly, you know, I think Georgia was trying to be like, oh, we, you know, we've been doing this. Like, we have to play so good defensively. We have to almost, like, be perfect. And they clearly weren't, and it showed. They just, they didn't play free and loose like they probably should have, and Alabama did, and it clearly showed. And that's why, you know, that's why I wasn't doubting them. I knew, yes, maybe this Bama team wasn't as dominant as last year or the year prior, or, or not the year prior, but, like, you know, as in the past couple years. But I still know, one, it's Alabama. They're still coached by Nick Saban. And two, this still is a good Alabama team. And really now in the college football playoff, <laughs> their biggest threat to me is Michigan. Not even Georgia and definitely not Cincinnati. That's, that's, my, that's my opinion. So really they're looking at a pretty good case to make another uh, national championship game. And then depending on who wins that 2-3 game, they're looking at another ring on their finger and another two rings for the year. Okay, I just want to say, are we really counting out Cincinnati that yeah. much? Yeah, yep. without a doubt. Right, are you kidding me? No. No. They Do you remember that bowl game against Georgia last year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, do you they remember still lost. how close that game was? Do you remember yeah. at the end of the game, Cincinnati players standing on the field watching Georgia celebrate? Yes. To taste that in their mouth? They're going to come out on that field against Alabama ready to play. Yeah, ready to play. Okay, they can be ready to play, but it's they're going against Alabama. Alabama doesn't care who you are. They're going to smack you in your mouth and not feel any sort of like, oh, they're, they're Cincinnati. Oh, they're, They don't care. They're out for blood. They want to win. They don't care that they won the national championship like eight years in a row. Cincinnati's or, out for blood too. But they're not the same kind of blood that Alabama goes out oh, for. I'm just saying it's not going to be blood. I think Alabama wins, but I don't count Cincinnati out. I'm going to be fair to Cincinnati here. They've had an unreal season. They've proven that a power five, an out, a team outside Group of the power five. five conference. Group of five. Group of five, Cole. Get the Group terminology correct, man. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> they have taught us that you can make the college football playoffs and not be in a power five conference. But their win over Houston in the AAC championship was only their second ranked victory of the year. And... I just don't trust them against an explosive team like Alabama. On especially, I mean, offensively they're far more explosive. But that defense, I know I've been giving them shit, probably uh, as they sh- as I should be. But they still have better defenders on that team than Cincinnati does. And I think the only chance that Cincinnati has really is to control the clock. I mean, their running back Ford, he's a monster. And then, obviously, Desmond Riddler has shown the ability. Ritter. Ritter. It's not Riddler. It's not like a riddle. It's I think it. All right. <laughs> like, that yeah, thing. like the supervillain from Batman. Sorry, <laughs> it's, right. it's, it's, you know, just saying. You knew who I was talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, but you Okay, just, so you knew. It's a guy's name. I'm, I'm, I apologize. Desmond if I said, Ritter. Like, Cole, if I said Cole Claire, you yeah. wouldn't like that. I would just. <laughs> All right. Wow, man goes six and zero, and he thinks he just runs. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just. Get, it's a dude's name. You're a Wisconsin you fan. Right. You just, just keep living in. Oh, I'm miserable, but that, you know, yeah, just keep living in depression the rest of your life. That's fine. Ford and Ritter have shown the ability to run the football well, and I think if they run, they control the clock. 
I think it's going to be important for Cincinnati not to settle for field goals. You can't be out. Alabama's like Kansas City Chiefs. You can't beat them with field goals. I think if they control the clock, run a lot of RPOs, a lot of option plays, and they don't settle for field goals, they can really limit their turnovers, control the clock, and that's really the only chance they had to beat Alabama. Unfortunately, that path to a win is extremely murky, and I simply don't see it happening. Alabama, maybe it's a close game. Doubt it, though. Okay, quickly. I I think the kind of way where, where you're talking about Cincinnati winning, I don't think it's going to happen. I, 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 just, I don't think it's going to happen. That's the only happen. way it can happen is what I'm saying, and I don't think yeah, it will. And- I think just the college game is so different from the NFL, where the NFL you can get away with that because guess what? The clock doesn't start after a first down. What you can you can get away with that in college? I, not not it's, this it's high level of a game. But I, you, I think you, you seriously can. think you can just kind of get you can just go up there, if, run if the it, ball against Alabama, and be like, well, okay, no, you know what? We're gonna Alabama. we're gonna do that. We're not gonna take any shots down the field. We're gonna play super conservative. Alabama is gonna punch them in the mouth early, and I think that's what's gonna be. That's what's gonna kind of elevate them to win that game. I agree. I, I'm not, I'm not going to call this saying if it's going to be a blowout or not. Just just in terms of kind of like how this season has gone, you really never know what's going to happen just with all the chaos that's ensued over the past couple weeks. But I think like the SEC is just a completely different ball game than kind of the, the America, the AAC, I think it's called, the American Athletic Conference. And I think, yes, they have dominated everyone they play, and I think they deserve this opportunity, but – I mean, has they have they seen a player like Bryce Young or Will Anderson this year? No. All right. I mean, I mean, not that. Again, I love the underdog. Love for the, a nice fun. Is underdog. that why you're a Notre Dame and Miami fan? Oh, okay. funny, funny, <laughs> funny. Let's let's stop. Not get off track here. But my thing is, Ohio teams have a history of beating Alabama in the college football playoffs. Oh, jeez, Derek. Uh, oh, boy. Uh, we're going with we're talking about an Ohio State <laughs> team that had Ezekiel Elliott, Michael Thomas, Cardell Jones, who just had played the greatest five, six I'm game stretch saying, of all time yeah, in college football. I'm just saying, let's not count them out. All right, let them play the game and don't count them out. That's all I'm saying. I'm counting them out. Here's my thing: Desmond Ritter and that Cincinnati team. Riddler. Cole, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> no comment on that one. Uh you know, they've been the big dogs all year. You know, they've been dominating for the most part. They've been walking around as the favorites, blah blah blah. They're gonna get they're gonna their eyes are gonna get open real quick they're when they play at Alabama. Football is. Yeah, they're gonna be like, Whoa, what the hell is this? We were not ready for this. And they're gonna be playing with you know, they wanted to be in the college football playoff, they wanted to play with the top dogs. Well they got it. They're playing with the top dog in all of college football and that's Alabama. And Regardless if they're the if they're the best team, you know whether they even if they're not the most talented team this year, it's still Alabama. When you look at college football, pretty much one of the first teams you think of is Alabama, especially in the last ten, fifteen, twenty years. So longer, they're the long. greatest. They're the greatest college football program of all time. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, the Cincinnati's gonna get. Uh, open their eyes real quick and not, like, choosing to. Like, Alabama's just going to run right over them from the get-go, like Andrew said. And to me, I think it's going to get ugly pretty quickly because, again, Cincinnati's got great players. Their coach is great. But, man, it it's hard for anyone to hang with Alabama. But to ask Cincinnati, who really the only big team they played this year was Notre Dame, which they won. But, again, we saw what happened. Notre Dame played Alabama. They couldn't hang with them. So, 
that's what I'm saying. It's going to get ugly pretty quickly. Cincinnati's season has already been a success. So just for that, I'd like to say congratulations to them. Just getting to this point, not a lot of people believed in them. But that's about as far as I'm going to go because I really just don't foresee any sort of chance. Like, like I said, running the ball and controlling the clock is their best chance to win because they're not going to be able to put up 40 like I think Alabama will be able to if they're uh, able to go out there and run their offense. But I just don't see that happening. As Andrew said, it's a lot more difficult to control the clock in college football than it is in the NFL. And even if they could do it like they can in the NFL, this uh, defensive line is really the only good thing about Alabama's defense. So they're going to be able to stop the run. I just, I'm sorry, Derek. I know you're a big fan of the underdog. As uh, I'm, just, I'm not saying Cincinnati's going to win. I'm just saying you guys are counting them out, and that's not what we should be doing. Um, it's something we should be doing. I mean, we're we're on here to talk about the truth, and that's just the truth. But I'm telling you, it's the same Cincinnati team as last year, and they played Georgia close. But now you're saying, oh, you know, they're playing in Alabama, so now they're going to lose by 28, 30? They played played a Georgia team that didn't make the college football playoff close, though. I wasn't saying that Georgia team was anything special last year. I think it was. It was still an SEC team that only had, what, two losses on the year? Yeah, we can fact check that. It was it was a, it was a New Year Six bowl game. It was, but I'm not. I'm saying, uh, but uh, that's what I'm saying. But if I'm not you, comparing them to that. I, you are. I'm. I'm. Are not, you picking Cincinnati? I'm saying Alabama. Pick them. Pick them. Do you have the balls? Oh, Jesus. Well, gosh. Go, go, go. This is not what we're talking about right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, they lost. They lost by three. They yeah. lost by three. Twenty-four, twenty-one. Except, thank you. I'm not saying that Cincinnati will win. I'm saying I do believe they will cover. I'm just saying you can't just look at like. Because they lost to Georgia it. by so Cincinnati's a great team then, because great teams cover. Exactly, good teams win, <laughs> great teams cover. But you can for my last, the last point of this, because then I want to move on. Just because they lost last year in a COVID season by three to. I'm just saying, you guys are saying they're gonna get blown out and lose by thirty, where you're not Never even giving that. them a chance. It's basically what you're saying. It's what I'm, I'm saying. saying. It's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll admit yeah. to it. It's what I'm All saying. All I'm saying is give them a chance. Yeah, right. I think I think it'll be multiple touchdowns. I think there'll be a respect factor. It'll to be forty-five, fourteen. <laughs> All right, I mean we're not going to go in here being the, the I, double I, downer I, negativity. I don't, over I here, don't but, see you know Alabama scoring less than forty points. I can see Cincinnati maybe putting up 21, 28. You know, this defense, like I said, I, I don't really trust, but I don't see Alabama scoring any less than forty points. Well, hey, we'll have to just wait and see. That's all we can do. But one thing we will find out, and that's this Saturday. December 11th, 8 p.m., ESPN, check it out, Heisman Trophy uh, being the winner. We'll find out the winner. And they came out with the four uh, finalists, Aiden Hutchinson, DN Michigan, great player, my guy, Kenny Pickett, QB for the Pitt Panthers. And if you guys saw his fake QB slide and then kept running for a touchdown, unbelievable. Is he a great player? He is fantastic. Oh, he's, and then, he's better than he's better than Gray. He's fantastic. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and then a uh, little Big Ten, C.J. Shroud. Well, I guess Aiden Hutchins is Big Ten, but more Big Ten. C.J. Shroud, QB, Ohio State. And then the winner, prop most likely Bryce Young, yeah. QB, Alabama. So obviously, I think we can all agree on Bryce Young will most likely win. It's a pretty, it's a QB heavy. Uh, one trophy. Um, but at the same time, I do think, in my opinion, that really Kenny Pickett and Aiden Hutchinson should be two and three. I think C.J. Shroud should be last in voting. 
nothing against him. But my reasoning for Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, you see when you watch him, he's a force on that field. He was a force against Ohio State. He's a force against Iowa. He's really is what like is leading this Michigan defense and really what has sparked them and uh, the leadership he shows. And then for me, for Kenny Pickett, the dude like was pretty average his first couple years in college football with Pitt, and just the way he elevated the game this year was it was kind of like a not not quite so don't like all get you what know what you about to say it was kind of like a Joe Burrow type year of recruitment and the year before Joe Burrow threw for like 60 touchdowns he threw like 16 Kenny Pickett was throwing 13 and now he threw 42 Kenny and Pickett also went to Manning camp this summer probably a big help yeah of course <laughs> yeah that guy was doing absolutely no work prior to this past season. yeah and then, he was, and then he was and then he got graced by the Manning family yeah, yeah. and then he became the all-time leader and throwing touch passing touchdowns in the ACC and, and he and he elevated Pitt's record they they won this ACC championship. I mean, that to me Which like means absolutely nothing. No, it's, but it's, I think a joke. I, I think there's merit to that though. I, I thank really you, Andrew. Do thank you for listening. I'm like Cole. Maybe that's the reason why necessarily Matt Corral didn't get invited compared to Kenny Pickett. I think there's I think there's some there's some arguments that can be made about kind of like who got invited to this because I think traditionally there's about four or five there's about five that get invited this year. There was four. Obviously, I do believe that they did get it right in terms of you have to invite Aiden Hutchinson. I think you do have to invite C.J. Stroud because he was one of the best players on one of the better offenses that the, the of this year. And I think Kenny Pickett does deserve it. I also thought you could have argued for Matt Corral very easily just because of kind of how he elevated that Ole Miss program to a top 10 ranked team in the country. So, yeah, I think there are. Obviously, we all know who the clear winner is. We've been kind of saying it just for the past couple weeks just because I just thought he had the most upside to win the Heisman Trophy. He had the best opportunity because he he was going to play the best team, the team that everyone was like, oh, this is the greatest defense, which they they statistically were one of the best defenses in in the modern era. Obviously, that kind of went away with the last game of the season in the SEC Championship game versus Alabama. But... I think Bryce Young just had that opportunity where C.J. Stroud didn't necessarily have that opportunity to play Georgia. Sorry, little little breaking news here. Yup, Break- yup. All right, uh, Jeff Levy leaving Ole Miss to become. Does anyone want to guess where he's going? Oklahoma. Yeah, he's becoming the offensive coordinator of Oklahoma, leaving Ole Miss. You guys are as scared. an offensive coordinator join. What do you think I'm, sc- I'm not scared at all. Yeah, I mean, you're not scared because you won't ever sniff the college football playoff, so it doesn't matter to you. Relax, You'll man, never relax. face it. Well, relax. now that you guys relax. are going to go in the go. SEC, you're never going to sniff it. Here we go. Again. You're never going to sniff the top of the SEC standings. Forget the college football playoff. So I hope you enjoyed your couple appearances where you lost more than, like, by 30 points. So congratulations. Do you know yeah, what, remember this. Do you know what division Oklahoma and Texas are going to be in? Are they going to be in the West with Texas A&M? Yeah, I believe so. I probably, right? Yeah. Wow, that's going to be really tough for them to get out of the – well, now we have a defensive, <laughs> the top we have a defensive-minded head coach in Brent Venables, and then a great offensive coordinator. So, oh well, I mean, wrong? I'm pretty sure George is pretty defensive-minded, and yet they still couldn't stop Alabama. So, Cole, <laughs> congratulations on the quote-unquote great hires. So but we have um, offense in Georgia, ever but, we don't have Stetson Bennett at quarterback. No, we we know how to put a five-star recruit into the starting position rather than leaving him on the bench. Yeah, but you we, don't we have do know how to you do don't that. have a defense that allows six points a game. But you also to that flip-flop between two five-star quarterbacks. One game, one's on the bench. I one think we've beaten the dead horse. Point. Let's keep it on the Heisman. 
Uh, just so you guys know, though, <laughs> I will be going back I mean, the and replaying this episode for you guys countless times when I win a national championship with my Oklahoma Sooners. And I'll maybe oh, show you're gonna get a ring? Yeah, maybe I'll show the ring off to you guys if you guys want to see. You're gonna get it. a ring. I'll, I'll let Derek put it on because he hasn't said too too much disrespectful stuff. But I will never put Andrew on that and, ring. Andrew and Steve, you guys can. I can't wait to feel the imaginary ring that'll never. I'm appear. already wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, back to the Heisman talk. <laughs> I do want to say this before what I say. I, I want to make this clear. It'll be an absolute robbery if Bryce Young walks away from this award ceremony without the hardware. He's the Heisman Trophy winner. But if I were a voter, I'm giving it to Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson is the most dominant defender in the country on a team that heavily relies on defense to control the game because, let's be honest, that offense sometimes it can be good, but it, it can be non-existent sometimes. So they really rely on Hutchinson. Uh, and obviously it's an offensive award the QBs usually win it but I think it's important to uh, highlight some great uh, defensive names and some defensive performances he is now emerging as the potential number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft nothing to sneeze at obviously and his 15 QB pressures in one game against Ohio State was the most ever recorded by a single player since the stats started being tracked in 2014 so is Bryce Young going to win the award? Yes, most likely. But my vote would be going to Aiden Hutchinson. And then one quick thing on Kenny Pickett. This dude has absolutely no chance and has no reason to win the Heisman Trophy. He's in dead last in my book. ACC, whatever. Congratulations on going crazy there. But his case that he did have, and uh, Steve mentioned it earlier. Did you guys see that fake slide? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I did beautiful. mention it. I did mention it at the top I, of the That's why I segment. said – that's why I said right before uh, I mentioned the fake slide, like like Steve mentioned earlier. That's why I said that. Uh, so maybe I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you were. Sorry, Cole. Well, I apologize. But you got to stop hating on the ACC, dude. I know it's pretty bad, but, like – but it's not like he was playing for Clemson. Is it Clemson. worse than the Pac-12? But it's not like he was playing for Clemson. Right now, yes. Yes, it is worse than the Pac-12. I would right say now. right now, yes. But what I'm saying, he played for Pitt. It wasn't like Pitt is some – yeah, no, Pitt, Pitt's fine. Pitt's good. You know what I'm saying? But he did this with the Pitt team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's not, like, playing with Clemson, dominating the ACC competition. like, all right. Yeah, they really dominated this year. They were really good. I mean, well, they won the ACC championship. Well, yeah, you no, no, well, no, he, he, he's talking <laughs> about Clemson. Cole, let me, let, me, let me see you go play for an ACC team. I don't that play football. <laughs> I'm just saying, you're really, These guys like, getting recruited you're to really play football. hating on Kenny Pickett right now just because he I'm not hating on ACC. Kenny Pickett. I said, did you see that fake slide? That was crazy. Okay, but you're hating on him for but playing you, in you the ACC. You said he should okay, be dead hey, last because he broke he the pl- record for most passing touchdowns in the ACC in a single season. So, good job, the Kenny. The man is going to hey, be the Kenny, first quarterback Kenny, drafted Kenny, in the draft. Kenny, this is for you. I'm happy for you, but oh, dead last in the Heisman vote. Wow. Dead last. Oh. You know what, Kenny? I love you. You're an asshole. My goodness. Yeah. Skip Bayless, You man. guys ask yeah. me how I feel. This is how I feel. <laughs> so clearly yeah, you're... Yeah, I mean, you could give him some props, but... Like, I just I just gave him a round of applause and you, said that fake slide was awesome. So here's what we know. Two things about Cole. A fake slide and, the f- and the break in the ACC uh, record for single... Here's what we know about Cole. Passes. He's very biased towards uh, Oklahoma and very False. biased against ACC. Yeah. False. I love and the both. Pac-12. I, I love out, uh, Oklahoma, but I'm completely unbiased towards them. All my uh, reasonings behind... My Oklahoma love is based purely on factual information, and <laughs> so I don't. Mine. I don't hate the ACC. I actually think the ACC is the best uh, conference in football. So I love the ACC. What? 
<laughs> You're lying to yourself again. He's smiling for anyone, for everyone yeah, who I can't mean, he, be here Yeah, I mean, he right is now. clearly lying. He's a psychopathic liar. All right, before my uh, head blows off, I'm going to... Congratulations to the four guys that made it, the yeah. four finalists, yes. and good luck yes. to all of them. Good and, job, Kenny Pickett. And, and you know what? And, and, and obviously, there can only be one winner, but none of these guys should feel like bad about themselves. I mean, they, they all great seasons, and fantastic. They, season. up with yeah, they should feel bad for getting an all expensive trip paid for by the Heisman mm-hmm. Trophy just to sit in a sit and talk to a bunch of legends in the college football. Hey, oh, when you say it like that, you make no, me no, feel no, no. better. Wait, wait, now, are you hating Andrew? Is Andrew hating right now? Hold on. No, snarky? I'm not hating. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. I have you, you to say, him, if man. there's any award I would want to win, it's the Heisman. Because then you get to be in the Heisman house, all those fun commercials. Yeah, the yeah, Nissan yeah. Heisman house. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. Tebow can't hit the curve, guys. You can no They're talking about something else. Yeah, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's Hollywood, you know, all those writers, you know, whatever. So the NYC City Lights will be bright for Saturday night. And you know what's also taking place Saturday? Oh, best game of the year. Army Navy. Oh. Army Navy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> one of the longest rivalries that has ever in college football. Hey, one of the trivia, best ones. Trivia question: When was the first time? Derek and I know this, so we won't answer. Yeah, I won't. This I don't is know a, if this too. is a trivia question for Andrew and Cole here. When is the first time? That Army and Navy took the football field to play against each other. Do you want to work together or do you want to each take guesses? Uh, yeah, Think guess. We can work together. Oh, right. that's so cute. So, what, what are we thinking? Like, what I'm era? thinking the 1800s. Really? I was thinking yes. like I was thinking early 1900s, but I could see 1800s being a I could see like the late 1800s, maybe like 1880, 1890s range. I was thinking know? like 1910s range. 1910s range? Well, I, uh, you Andrews. guys are far apart. Maybe maybe you should stick with Andrews. out. Oh. Damn, don't give him a hint. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. What did you say, Steve? No, don't listen to Steve. Just give a guess. Come on now. All right, I'll say uh, something about 1911 is just speaking to me. Okay. All right, I'm saying 1880. Oh, Andrew <laughs> was close. the closest. Ten years off. 1890. 1890. Wow. And it, who won the first one? Uh, I believe it was Navy won. Um, yeah, it was 24-0. Did yeah. I look it up? Yes, of course. Do you I think did. they Come threw a now. single pass in that game? More than likely not, because they don't even throw <laughs> passes now. So back in eighteen hundreds, I think I think Mac Jones actually played in that game. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Bill Belichick was definitely the coach because he's uh, the biggest Navy guy. But that ever. was they just played for the first time in eighteen ninety. It didn't become a national every year game until what nineteen thirty, I believe, is when they started playing. Somewhere around there. Yeah. But some quick facts for the audience out there. So, unfortunately, I mean, I'm an Army guy, so I shouldn't say unfortunately, but. So, well, I, I, now I'm just confusing. Whatever. <laughs> Navy holds advantage in the series, 61-53-7. to 53 to 7. Um, really? Navy, Navy had a long stretch from, um, from, what was it, 2002 to 2015, where Navy won 14 consecutive games. That's a lot of games to win in a row. Uh, but Army, you know, I'm happy for this. They've won, like, the past uh, three of the last four meetings. So, and, and this is for the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, which I believe... Army won last year, and I think they should still hold it this year, even if they lose, but I could be wrong. Um, so there's a lot to play for. It's Army-Navy, the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, and then this year, too, which is also unique. Um, so la- so usually they play at a neutral site. Last year with COVID, they played at West Point, uh, but they've been playing in Philly, Baltimore. This year, Derek, where are they playing? East Rutherford, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium. There we go. Ooh. Ah, nice. It's actually the largest stadium in the NFL, so um, big crowd there. Big no, it's not. Yeah, it is. 
Is it? The Cowboys? I mean, it's bigger than the Cowboys. It, it has the mo- the biggest capacity. What about SoFi? Are there all these new nah, SoFi, no, SoFi so actually capacity is lower than you think. It's a big stadium. Yeah, yeah no, really? I'm telling you, MetLife. What about I'll, Allegiant? I'll, 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 hold, no. I'm, cool, I'm, cool. You think these teams are, just because they're new, are big? They are big. What about the big house? Michigan. Woo. Well, we're talking about. No, I was kidding. No, it, it is MetLife. Thank yeah. you. All right, Derek. Okay, schooling us. Yeah. Exactly. Good for you, man. Congratulations. Which is kind of surprising to think about, but that's okay. I mean, Especially since they house two awful football teams currently. Uh, that is funny. Yeah, I mean, we are pretty bad. Well, at least a good football team will actually get played here. Yeah, right. Uh, about time. No? Okay. Nice. Well, so, I mean, I'm excited. I'm always excited for Army-Navy. I don't oh, care great if, game. Great I don't, game. I don't care if they're 0-10. I mean, that game was awful last year, but I still loved every second of it. My favorite Army-Navy game was when it was in the snow. A couple years ago, Army wore the all-whites in the snow. They looked so good playing. They won. It was just. It was my favorite game. Uh, and then, have you guys seen the unis this year? Oh, oh. yeah. I'm not going. Army's been schooling Navy in the unis. That army. That those army uniforms are clean. Clean. So nice. So Andrew, clean. have you seen them? I have not seen them. Oh, look them up right now. I'm assuming they're nice just because you know it's it is a Nike sponsorship. Nike did, normally does pretty things pretty well. So yeah. You know what? It's Navy's. I, I like Navy's last year's. Like um, it was for like the Marines. They look good. They look clean. This year's, they kind of look somewhat similar to last year's. Like, they keep going with this blue trend, and it's like, I know Navy's, like, blue, but, like, like Army kind of goes, like, they go different shades of green. Uh, this year, they're kind of, what, like, a khaki? It's like an orange, just, like, t- Yeah, is it, it's, tannish. like, this color, right? So, like, it's, like, a light brown. I'd say yeah. it's, like, a light brown for the viewers that cannot see this, which yeah. is practically all but, of you. Yeah. <laughs> look it up. Look up Army. Look up the Army-Navy uh, uniforms. Honestly, I'm gonna, I might come in with a little hot take, but I do like Navy's uh, kind of, like, their helmets in the past where they've had, like, different positions. They've had kind of a different aspect of the military on them. Yeah. I will say Navy Which is probably maybe a four- or five-year-old thing, which I really like because I think it looks really good. Yeah. I, I, will, no, I will say this. I think Army always has a better jerseys and pants and cleats, but I think Navy does beat them in the helmets. Navy always has sick helmets. I, I will agree with you, Andrew. No. Uh, before I say this, just a fair warning. I don't. Please don't clown me, all of you guys, all the audience, and then you three here. Uh, don't clown me. Don't hate on me. But my favorite part of the Army-Navy game is usually the uh, pre- pre-game rituals that they do all the... Clown? Oh, why would I clown what, you? Yeah, what? No, those are because fantastic. No, 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 no. Those are obviously a lot of people's favorite, but then the second the football is kicked off, you know what I do? Don't tell me you turned it off. Click. Okay, now I'm going to clown you. Yeah, what? The are game you? is just... It's the do only football <laughs> game on that day. You tell me you're not going to watch football? Because yeah. what, you don't like the triple wow. option? Cool. Do I want to watch the Bills-Patriots 2.0 every single year? Well, I mean, did you watch the Bills-Patriots Monday night? Yeah, because I'm a Patriots fan. Well, if you can withstand that, I think you can withstand Army Navy. I'm just saying, usually, you know, if, if there's a compelling matchup if both teams, like this year, I'll probably watch. I think it's going to be a pretty decent game this year. But usually, like he did spent, three against three and eight. Nope, it's going to be a blowout. No, because when Navy was just absolutely controlling, as you just said, 14 consecutive wins. What it, the pregame ritual? And I usually did try and figure out what time halftime was so I could watch some of the halftime stuff too. But in terms of like actually watching the football game and what goes on. I mean, HB, watching HB dive 50 times and a half and then HB pitch the other 50 times. The it's next more half. like triple option, right? Triple option, yeah, left, read option, right? Yeah, I was going to say it's more of an option. More of an RPO. Nice. Not, <laughs> not, not without the P. More exactly. like the run, I uh, have three options. <laughs> to either run the ball, yeah. give it off to the fullback, 
pitch it off to my halfback or I keep the ball and, you know, run. And occasionally you might get – The pregame stuff, they do a fantastic job every single year with that. So I, I think that is maybe one of the coolest traditions that they do in college football. The, all the pregame stuff they do to honor the Army and the Navy, it's, it's, it's breathtaking if you haven't seen it before, to be honest. In the ending, when they sing the alma mater and the winning team sings second, I mean, that's just like – and you could see, like, how, like, those dudes, they, you know – they got the eye marks all like smushed because they're sweating. They're the beat mark. up. They're, and then they and then when they sing and you can see and then like the cadets and how much it means to them and like especially um, and even it's respectful how when the losing team sings you know they the second team waits and then even when the winning team uh, sings second the other team stays and they both have that respect for them they battle out but at the end of the day you know there still is that rivalry army navy but at the end of the day it's still there's still one military that's it so. Angel, what were you going to say? No, I wasn't going to say anything. I just think this game, obviously, with Army being 8-3 and three and the Navy being 7-8, and eight, I think, right? Correct? 3-8. Three 3-8. And eight. Three and eight. Oh, my goodness. What is going on with me right now? But regardless, I look pretty comfy. Point, I don't know. Are you falling asleep over there? Maybe. I don't know, man. But I, I throw, out the records out, throw the records out, excuse me. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. It always is every single year, regardless of kind of who's the, who has the upper hand in these games. They're always very close and very competitive, and I expect another bloodbath. I expect another high-energy high kind of like just an emotional, like, grimy game, and that's why you love college football, and that's why you love this game. That's Army-Navy right there. But I do believe that Army will win. All right, so perfect. So I was going to ask you guys for your picks. No spreads, nothing, just money line, just – Who's going to win at the end of the game? So, Andrew, you should go Army? Yeah, I have Army winning. Go Dear? Army, beat Navy. I know you said just money line, but Army minus 7.5 is also. Why, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do this? I said just pick them, and you got to bring that, up that the spread. That just shows how confident I am that Army's going to win. I would take their minus 7.5 spread. Okay. And then go Army, beat Navy, West Point, let's go. They're going to win. Keep, uh, let's start building another streak, and, uh. So it looks like Army's got our vote over oh, here yeah. from the RPO podcast. And with that, that's all the time we have today. So everyone, thanks again for uh, listening for the first episode. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. And, you know, pay attention to uh, our social media. And I do want to give a quick shout-out to uh, a few podcasts. Uh, Arena 51. Cole, yes. we know a little bit about that one. Yeah, so uh, that's just one that I started with uh, one of my other friends from back in my hometown. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, all sports. We try and talk in a lot of different uh, topics. Our first episode, we even talked about soccer, which I know Andrew and Derek are over Woo! here fanboying over the English Premier League. But usually, no it's, one, not, it's, it's actually it's the, the Champions League. Oh, you guys are doing yeah. the Champions League. That's how much I don't care about soccer. That's how much most people don't care about soccer. But Except for like the whole world. But, you know, but that's another conversation. It is a day. Sports Take uh, podcast. And we even throw in a couple other fun segments in there. So uh, I appreciate the shout out, Steve. Of course. And I'm going to shout out my own 3P. Of course. 3P, 3P yeah, podcast. So, you know, same thing, just pretty much all sports, not like ours, which is just college football, so it's all sports. Um, so, you know, make sure to check out those other two, and then, you know, keep on listening to the RPO podcast, and uh, we'll see everyone next week. Thank you. Buenas noches, amigo.